All right, we are back with uh, another episode of Lost in the Deep End. Let's play our intro. I just came up with that uh, and recorded it earlier, so hopefully it's good enough. <laughs> no. I, that would be something to develop just each time improvise we take turns doing intros i'm sure you would love to do that oh yeah yeah but so we're back uh before we get into our topic of the day we're just going to talk about relationshipy dating flirty i have a funny story that actually ties into this uh as well something recent that you may or may not have recognized but uh We'll talk on that once we get there, but we're going to, before we get into this topic, I want to take a second to something we will do at the beginning, probably of every episode. So instead of doing a total cold open and instead of getting right into it, we're probably going to do stuff we missed last time. Is there anything, or I don't know if you want me to go first, but we talked about our influences last time and there, there are countless for me. I thought of two. Over the week, though. Oh, cool. I thought of two more also. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want me to go first. I thought yeah, go of first. two musical influences to me that were very important in my life that I didn't think of before. But when I first joined my band Sugar Jack, which was the first band I ever joined, the other guitarist, um, we call him D-Lo, uh, was a lot, like, was a really good guitarist and much better than me. And it and it made, really motivated me to want to practice and be better. And, like, and he was he was a really good like positive influence on my playing and it, it being in a band with him and he had he had been in like a bigger band so it kind of motivated me like to believe in myself and like and to practice more so that was a really big influence on on my life and a really positive and then another one is my guitar teacher who I took lessons for for a couple like maybe 3 years and then a couple summers um Vince who works at Musicland where I work now and but he was like really influential in teaching me th- things that I then when I you know and like motivating me to practice and but teaching me a lot of the theory that I do know and remember and just like songwriting and stuff like that. So that was a pretty big impact on my guitar playing too and just my life in general for both of them. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's good. I I am similar in that I didn't say a lot of these types of things, but the people who have coached me or Mm -hmm. I I brought up teachers, but peers, athletes, I've played alongside the slam poetry scene, the other slam poets that I was performing with all, all of that has definitely shaped me as well. So that's, that's good to note. And that's a whole nother, I mean, it makes me think of so many things we we could have considered, (laughs) but especially since I'm doing the podcast and we didn't really, Oh, yeah, I talked yeah. about the the psychedelics. I talked about lots of things that I've gotten into. Obviously, whether or not I I am a fan, which I am, I'm obviously cut from a similar cloth as Joe Rogan in ways both before, but definitely in ways since and of obvious influence. So I'd already done stand-up comedy. I had already been a huge fan of MMA. Like I, I was a fan of MMA before I ever heard even Joe Rogan as a commentator or, or recognized really much 
I'm actually a huge fan of Fear Factor though, so I've always had Joe Rogan poster. No, um, but I mean, I did, I did actually like Fear Factor growing up. But the the point is, I'm obviously influenced by Joe Rogan. Just he, that's the reason that made me flip the switch from saying I thought maybe one day I would do something like psychedelics to holy shit, do I need to do DMT? So without him. And his episodes, uh, it would have been any episode. It just so happened to be the first one I ever listened to was the first episode with a guy, Graham Hancock. And that they talked about DMT at length. And that really, and speaking of relationships, this actually ties in. One of the funniest stories that I can kind of say about DMT, and it explains my personality, and it explains the type of way I go in deep on things. I had never done it. I wasn't talking about doing it. It didn't seem like I would be like somebody to do a psychedelic or to do DMT because I had never done any drug. Yet, when I brought up or was bringing up DMT to my girlfriend at the time, when I found out, when I was bringing this up, it weirded her out. And she was like, Mike, I don't know what I think of this stuff you're talking about. Meanwhile, she had partied before, dude. Like She had like stuck to things like, uh, I guess... Coke was probably the hardest thing she did, but she, you know, it's not like she was like a saint right? and it weirded her out that I was telling her that there were like beings on in this other dimension or you die and it gives you the death experience or I was describing it probably. I mean, it's not that I don't describe it like that now, uh, but at the time I probably was describing it like that is exactly what happens. And, and this is a real thing. And like, you know, you should be interested in this. And that was as me never doing it. And I was like, this is, isn't this crazy? And honestly, oh, the, the crazy part about that story is I believe that is what kind of set her in the direction to make me think we weren't right for each other. Right. It was not long after that. Like every, ever since that moment, she act, I can remember her telling me she thought it was weird and she was like weirded out and like was having trouble sleeping practically that night. And from that moment on, it just felt different. Right. I had talked about it a few nights and then she had a moment where like it was a few nights in a row. I was like, man, I'm listening to these podcasts on this stuff, DMT. And it's not like it's unlike me to talk at length on things. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't even the fact that oh, I was just talking about it and boring her. It was the fact that it was specifically this thing that I'm describing. So Joe Rogan is a huge part of my life. It even has a funny role in relationships. Um, it influenced me in a ton more ways, but I won't go into that too much. But it definitely gives me... it. it it let me, I mean, dude, Joey Diaz is my other favorite, yeah. like Joey Diaz is my favorite person, practically podcaster. <laughs> and I wouldn't have found him if it wasn't for Joe Rogan. I wouldn't have found so many cool, interesting people. Theo Vaughn, I love as a person. He's a comedian, has a podcast. And I heard him, of course, through Joe Rogan. So much of what I do, so much of what I repeat. Yeah, Joe Rogan. And then the other obvious one, is despite all of the things that I've done, I've been most changed as far as like, you know, the, the extracurricular being in part of a scene slam poetry was at a pivotal time in my life. And I took it pretty seriously. I went to a nationals uh, level and to a degree and same thing with powerlifting. And I, that's around like a, those are transformative things to be a part mm -hmm. of. Um, and I put psychedelics up there. 
undoubtedly. But as far as the things that I've actually like been a part of, like a, like a, a thing and uh, a community, undoubtedly martial arts. Oh, right. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously that. And I didn't really mention, but I take, I take it seriously. Um, and as far as being shaped by it, there are big influences, you know, my main training partner and, uh, who I consider just like my role model at the gym. It just opens my eyes to see these human beings who it, it is. Some of them are just the most hardworking, most disciplined, mm -hmm. um, have dealt with bullshit, but are clearly fighting through it. Mm -hmm. So the, the poetic side or the artistry or the, the personality of somebody who chooses to be a fighter, a lot of times right. they've fought a lot more than just that fight. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of what goes into being that is overcoming other things sure. through a fight. So they're the type of people that could easily say they're depressed, could easily say they have PTSD and they likely do. And they likely know that, but they have a totally different perspective about it. Right. Right. And a lot of them. And you know, at, at the same time, a lot of them could just as well say that, but they fight and they have good jobs. They are, have a family they provide for, you know, they're a good parent. They do right. the right thing despite their, their circumstances is, is at least the people I get to be around a lot of people like that. I'm not saying every fighter's like that. They're mm -hmm. not. There's a lot mm -hmm. of awful examples of human beings, of course, in, in that field. It's a, it's a crapshoot. Fighters come from all backgrounds, but, and of all natures and, and not everything shapes your ego, despite what you might think of a martial art, not everything, shapes people the same way. But I have been very, I can't emphasize that enough. I'm very much that. And like, same thing, even like my boss that I work for landscaping, like being around these hardworking, tough people who are tougher than me. You say you spent time around a guitarist better than you, mm -hmm. Yep. you know, and you knew that you exactly, could, yeah. yeah, it's, it was a good example. You saw the ways you could be more like that, or it mm -hmm. maybe made you realize ways that you were, um, inferior Right, exactly. It's always better to be around people who are better than you. That's how you get better. But in a lot <laughs> in of like life, <laughs> yeah. And what what's great about it is most of those people, they expect you to be able to do it too. Mm -hmm. They might not be like, "Oh, you can be as good as me, or you'll be able to do this," but they hold you to a standard right. that you feel like you need to elevate to, mm -hmm. and you think it's very possible. Mm -hmm. That that's how I kind of see those characters. They yeah, yeah. they help me. They definitely motivate me in that sort of sense. So, um, we want to talk about the, the, well, I'll, I'll get things started a little bit with this and this is a funny thing. So I am, I am, I've been single for a while, but I, I did, yeah, I dated Josie for a little while. I went a little Good. break in between that, not too long, but it's been a while since I have been single and actively like looking like trying to go on dates. The last mm -hmm. time I was single for a little bit, I don't think I actually went out with anybody. Well, this Thursday, I'm going out with somebody, so I'm meeting somebody for the first time. And I've been flirting with the idea of flirting. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm flirting with the idea of it because I am not somebody who has ever learned how to do that. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. And I think this is something we probably both agree on. You probably think I'm better at it than I am. 
I'm uh, terrible. Yeah, no, I'm the worst. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've I, never learned how to do it. <laughs> I don't understand. I always feel awkward. <laughs> I always want to just like, can I be a fly on the wall on your first date, your first conversation? Like, how did you talk to your original girl? Like, I don't know what goes into it, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's, Due to a lack of thinking, I think it's probably the opposite. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I'm trying to figure out how to talk to girls, man. And <laughs> I've, for me, I am somebody who has like, I've had attractive girlfriends. I've typically been able to date when I want to. As far as like, it's not like I've gone long. Maybe when I was younger, like initially, it felt like, oh my god, am I ever going to be able to talk to a girl? Or you've had like. Like if I dated longer or whatever. So like, yeah, of course there might be a difference in that. I've, I've, I've gone through the process a lot of times and I've made it work out, but I'm still on the other side to be like, bro, I haven't fucking learned a thing from it. I'm worse at talking to girls now in a way than I was back then. Hmm. I don't know what it is. It's, I hate the idea. And this sounds so, this sounds respectful and great, but at the end of the day, we know it's not attractive is that I'm not able to intentionally make someone possibly uncomfortable. Oh yeah. That is, that is so true. The fear of just that awkwardness is like a lot of what drives you to, to, to make it hard. That's what makes it hard. Yeah. And I, I wonder sometimes if that is the scapegoat and the real thing Mm. is that I'm afraid of rejection that is also a big thing. Yeah. Right. It's definitely a factor. And yeah, I don't yeah. know which one I juggle with more. I would have to see it through to find out. I would have to just approach girls and be willing to then realize, oh, they don't get as weirded out or they don't get as uncomfortable as you think. Or it's not a big deal to say something that they're a little uncomfortable from. But the second you get the hint, you're gone. You don't continue to make them uncomfortable. Right. The problem is the the continual, uh, which I don't think I would ever do. So I think I would probably learn that it doesn't make them as uncomfortable as I think. But I also just feel like as an energy, I am intimidating or just a large, I'm used to being a very affecting is the word, or I don't know. I I don't know if it has to do with if you pulled all like large guys versus like small (laughs) guys or whatever, because we're both taller, big. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the factor. Because hmm. it still doesn't even make sense to me that, that, that attractive guys would be able to talk to girls easier. Like, I don't think, I don't think for me, it's a fear of them not finding me physically attractive at all. You know, especially if I've seen they've dated guys and I can tell what they, you know, right. if, if not every guy they've dated has had a six pack and looks a certain <laughs> way and is a, of a certain class. If they dated someone somewhat similar to me, it's not that. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. Maybe sometimes it's that you just like someone enough where you can't help but try to push the envelope and get the vibes back. Right. Or maybe it is that they vibe off of you to the, how much do you think it is like once you're more attracted to somebody sincerely, they see it back in you, Hmm. but I don't know. But then again, like the average person there, some of these people, not the average person. I say that as if everybody is just out there, you know, 
pulling whatever they want. And when, <laughs> when I actually think about it, I don't do I don't do a bad job. I usually get to date the people I want to date, but it is not with a without an extreme amount of like stressing over mm-hmm. it, not sure what to say, not sure how to handle it. Not I have never I don't know if I've ever overtly just told a girl that I I would never just randomly be like you're you're hot. What would, would do people say that? Do people just say something? They're not going in deep. They're not sending lengthy things. So are they typically sending? Do you think most people send messages, or do you think they talk in person to break the ice? I don't know. I guess it depends how you meet or how you like get to know. I don't know. Do you think they're both pretty common though? Yeah, probably because people meet on like Tinder and shit now. So a lot of Stuff happens on text, but people meet out too. What percentage of people on Tinder do you think open up with some sort of physical compliment? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I bet, yeah, I bet that's pretty common. Think it's pretty common? See, I am not that person. Yeah, neither am I. I've been on dating apps. I do not open up with a compliment. It's, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not saying I don't open up with a compliment ever. I don't just tell them I think they're attractive. Right, right. Oh, I like your pics or. Right. Even something that's minor, which to be honest though, if you flip the script, do you feel that weird even if someone you're not that into says that to you? I mean, they're desensitized to it. I think it feels weird for us because we never say it. But yeah, we need to realize yeah. they always hear it. They hear it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, Here I am. I'm coaching myself through this. I feel like by the end of this episode, I'm going to be ready to like message girls on just message yeah. <laughs> girls on Tinder and start walking up to girls like that I know and be like, hey, by the way, just for the record... Just so you know, damn, girl, you are fucking hot. Yeah, would that work? (laughs) I I mean, uh, it would make their day, uh, some of them. At the very least, you're giving them a compliment. (laughs) You know what, though? You've got to pull it off like you don't care if they're not into you. Mm -hmm. Like you're just saying it. You're just saying it to say it. See, because mm-hmm. that's that's probably the, I'm glad I just had that thought. See, <laughs> I just epiphany. need to talk myself through <laughs> these things. That right there is a big one, right? Um, it, it's the fact. I mean, uh, how much how much desensitized do you think they are to that? Like the average girl, do you think the average girl gets hit on in some way every week? I don't, that's a good question. If they're, if they, I guess if they, depends on like how, what type what of work they, they have. Yeah. And what situations like they, if they go out and stuff, but. Hmm. All right. Let's say this. If you put yourself in a girl's body <laughs> and, and like, like an, an attractive enough, but not maybe like, you know, something you would consider a seven and a half, seven, say seven. And you walk into a grocery store. What percent chance by the end of the grocery store do you think you'll at least acknowledge that maybe someone's into you? Yeah, but I, I bet there's a very high, high that at least someone's like giving you a weird, like a like a creepy look or like a yeah. Now I recognize thing. girls. I do a pretty good job at not like glaring, <laughs> big butts, whatever. I recognize it. I might do like a very innocent double take, but I don't ever, <laughs> even on my own, even if no one was watching, I'm not just going to be just zeroing in on stuff. But I'm sure some girls obviously get the vibe. They can see you look in their mm-hmm. direction. They can see the way you make eye contact and probably look away. Mm-hmm. These are things that some people know and don't talk about. The eye contact thing. <laughs> do you, how many people do you think assume if they catch you looking at them and then look away nervously, oh, they're into me a little? 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, and like you said, girls are used to it, so they probably get used to reading like um what what. And I don't find girls to be oh not. It's hard to find a girl that can be completely transparent about this, or they pretend, or they don't pick up on. I guess mm. it's possible they don't pick up on yeah. it. We, they don't pick up on the signals that you would pick up on if you were them. You'd think. But maybe we get signals that girls are attracted to us and we <laughs> don't pick up on That's them. almost certainly true. That we. So it, I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying from an outsider looking in, it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of girls act like they don't get obvious intentions when right. guys are actually hitting on them. And when guys are being creepy or whatever. Some girls recognize it quicker than others. Mm-hmm, definitely. But it, I'm, I'm almost always like telling a girl, like, no, no, this is that, like, this guy clearly is being weird about this, or this is what he wants out of that. And they're like, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> that's exactly how they are. But no, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, that is weird, man. I, I never even, when I was in high school, when when you were in high school, was it common to just like go up to a girl? Would the first thing you say to them be like, "Do you want to be my girlfriend?" Is I went to you... an all guys high school. Yeah, I think that's how it worked up until after high school. Is you would open up with, "Do you want to be my girlfriend?" <laughs> right. I don't know, really, honestly. I didn't have a girlfriend in high school. Yeah, but is that how you imagined it going? You yeah. Would ask probably, a girl oh, out. and if you asked a girl out, you probably weren't just asking him out on a date. At least right. not until you had a car. <laughs> yeah yeah right that's how i envisioned it but again i don't know how it, I don't know how it works <laughs> for other people man i really we were also talking about doing an episode where we try to discuss the parts of us that like we think could be mildly autistic and like ask ourselves if we're on the spectrum or like how what part of us we think we are or whatever because that's something that i think a lot of people have thought about or a lot of like people who are thoughtful or quirky or intelligent or different people. They don't feel like they fit in in ways you've probably considered whether or not you were on the spectrum in some way. Yeah. Or you've wondered something about your personality similar, whether you think it's some weird OCD or whatnot. But regardless, I feel like I am autistic when it comes to talking to girls initially. Oh, so am I. Most definitely. Yeah. And it's, that a, initial, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame for me because I think girls expect me to be good at talking to them. So they take my lack of flirting as a strong, he's not interested. Yeah. 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 You know, and I don't come off like the typical guy who would be bad at that. Right. I don't. I don't come off as being that way. I don't know if it's being overweight younger. I I have no clue. I've always been this way. It makes me more nervous than anything. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Maybe it's yeah. that I don't like girls. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if that was like actually like a glaring sign somebody was in the closet and I didn't realize I was saying it? You know, like guys will like say things and you're like, that guy's probably gay. What if that like was uh uh, uh, I, not being able to see myself sort of thing. No, but it's like, I, um, I, I'm, there's a girl that I know that I've never flirted with much. I'm almost confident. Well, I would say 70 to 80% chance she's been attracted back to me for, for that, that level. Mm-hmm. We've made the eye contact. It seems like I'll go so far as to say I've seen her do jujitsu we don't train at the same school and she's made a lot of eye contact with me 
in the middle of a match while she's rolling. Like, you know how people are just aware of who's looking at them. And sometimes mm-hmm. she has made eye contact with me <laughs> where I'm like, she's recognizing me in a way that right. is like strong for sure. She's always done it, you know, laughs a lot when you make a joke, just naturally looks your way a lot. So that's always a pretty good sign, man. Yeah, That's definitely. always a good sign. She's dated guys like me, right? There's so much. She... Seemed a little bit jealous a couple times. I had girlfriends. You ready? All of that big picture, and I still can't bring myself to, like, make it seem like I'm being flirty with her. Yeah. I'm going to come, if I really want it, this is the thing. If I really want it, it'll come out of me eventually. I'll invite her to something. I'll be like, hey, stop by the open mic. That's how I've broken the ice with girls before. Mm -hmm. Um and whether it's that or something else, but I just kind of throw it out there that I could easily tell her, hey, you want to meet up at a third party gym? Because she trains at another gym. I train at a gym. Maybe we could be like, hey, you want to go train in an open mat at yeah. some other gym that we could go to or do something like that? So it's not, but regardless, dude, I don't have it in me. And I'm single. I would like to talk to her. You know, I mean, I know I'm going, I said I'm going out with somebody else on Thursday and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, she is somebody that, while I'm single, I would like to give right. a shot. And it's easy because we already know each other. I can't, I can't do it, dude. I mean, I can, I will, but you get what I mean. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and that, uh, like you thinking that, you're probably just like, oh my God, dude, number one, what the fuck is the big deal? You, pro- <laughs> you get it because you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but if you're analyzing this from your perspective to me, it's probably like, Holy shit, it's not like she's going to be that fucking... It's not going to be that hard for her to tell her she... Even if she's not, which it doesn't sound like she's not. Even if she's not, what's the big deal? She's like, oh, I just see you as a friend. Right, yeah. And it's not that big of a deal. You guys are already friends. Not the first time she said it. Wouldn't be the first time she said it, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. So when you do that type of math and, and you're looking at it like that, I still... The one thing I've done successfully before, have you ever done this? These are like the little tricks that that pussies have to do because I just, like I said, or people who just don't want to put people in the, in the situation to reject them. You ever just like, when you first, when somebody first follows you or adds you on Facebook, they'll do the thing where they might like one of your photos with it or they, they you like something of theirs, they like something back. And then once that has gone back and forth, have you ever gone just down and liked something old to see if they do it back? <laughs> no, I've never done that. Done that. <laughs> I've done that, dude. That has worked. I've talked to multiple girls, probably three different girls that's happened with. Almost every time I've done that, they've done it back. You feel like an idiot though when they don't. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. But you just don't do it again. You just, you can't be that creep who's right, popping right, up right. every two days. <laughs> you just do it the first time. So what? They think the, they think you scrolled their profile a little bit more. It's not like you go all the way down. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. You don't do it consecutive. No need to do more than one. Right, right. That's enough. If she's trying to keep it going, she'll do one back. Mm-hmm. It's not like you need to do five to get your point across. Right? <laughs> um, That's a good one. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So it depends on timing. Then you th- you overthink it. I, I mean, I overthink it. I even think about the little details. I'm like, well, do you do this right away or do you wait like 15 minutes? Or <laughs> yeah. You, you want to make it look like it just happened all right then, but mm-hmm. then it's a lot to throw on somebody immediately. <laughs> I'm even to the point now where if it's a girl that 
I'm remotely attracted to, I won't accept their friend request right away or I won't follow them back right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see it, I'll still wait. I'll be like, I'm going to let this sit for an hour or two. Oh, I'm that same person. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's like overthinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some of the stuff that we overthink is probably not for a bad reason. But right, then again, right. I don't know. It, dude, it's so weird. It's so weird because I've been around a girl where all of a sudden you flick the switch and you realize it's like pulling the curtain back. Boom, they're waiting to flip the same switch. Mm -hmm. And that time and time again is a beautiful moment. It, beautiful in that like, right. oh my God, whoa. It's relieving because like, like, you realize that it's yeah, reciprocated. All yeah. that stress kind of just goes away. Yeah, but I'm the worst like on a first date to break physical touch, but I've gotten better about doing it slightly nonchalantly if we're sitting close enough i won't do it if we're not sitting close enough but like you just kind of graze where you're like micro touching but not touching and then you get a feel maybe if they pull away or if you like do like a light tap they might do one back like you do like an accidental tap and then the next thing you know they do the same kind of thing <laughs> and that's like kind of weird that's like minor 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 flirting <laughs> breaking the ice but, yeah. but that's the only way. I mean, I have gone from zero to 100 of just like you've never even made physical contact the whole night and then you lean in for a kiss. But for some reason, it feels better if it seems less nervous if you've at least like done a mild rub somewhere, physical something. Right. But that's hard to do. It's hard to, yeah. I don't do it overtly enough to get it back. I would say, dude, I'd say more than half of my first dates. I do not pull the trigger to break any sort of physical contact. Yeah. Um, maybe there's a, there's probably, I would say close to half the time I'm going to at least go in for a kiss at the end of the date. I'm, I'm going to, because if they don't even, this is the way I look at it. If they have like rules where like, Oh, well I only kiss by this date. So even if they're like, it's a good litmus test to see if they're into me, they're already out on the date. It's the end of the date. So you never have to talk to them again if it's weird and awkward and they don't like it or, or whatever. You don't have to be forceful. So you just go in for a light one and see what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm not going in for like a makeout session. That only happens when they like, <laughs> let, you know, when they, right. so you just go in for whatever. But yeah, I'm probably going in for the, the lips. I have that intention when we go to hug, but if I see you turn away or give a different type of hug, I definitely don't do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm looking for that when we go in for the hug. That makes right, sense, right? Right. But it is, it's, it's not easy and it feels weird when you haven't touched them at all the entire night and that is your first time making physical contact. Mm -hmm. That's uncomfortable for me. I don't know what most guys do. Do you think most guys ask is it okay if I kiss you? Do they say, hey, you know, you're just looking really gorgeous tonight or I've never seen it. What do they do? I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, do you just like, I don't know. Yeah, I've always been terrible at that. I hate that. I like, yeah, it's, I guess that fear of rejection or I don't know, just it's always been awkward for me to try to initiate contact. Yeah, I've had two weird, oh no, I've had three they were somewhat con convenient and uh, I've had three moments where a girl either one that became a girlfriend uh, that I dated for a couple years. She asked me at the end of the date, can I give you a kiss? And that was cool. That was like, Oh, this is nice. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is convenient. Right. <laughs> one time I had a girl that I met 
And then we had been kind of talking and flirting. I did get a hug and she actually lived next door to the party I met her at. And she turned back around and came back. Or maybe I said, do I at least get a hug by? And she came back and ran. I did say that, I think. I don't know. You know, because I was nervous. I'm like, God, mm-hmm. I didn't even like say goodbye to her. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get her number to do something. I was like, so I say, do I at least get a hug by? I think is what I said. And then she came up and ran up and just started making out with me. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. Another one that I wound up dating though, and then one girl, dude, I had been out on three dates, and I was so attracted to her leading up to this. It was like so crazy that I was going out with this girl that was just hotter to me in so many ways than anybody I'd ever seen. You know, it was right. like, oh my god, and I thought that for a while. So finally, I asked her out. I think I just I, I used to just go all in randomly. I would talk myself up to doing something kind of epic, <laughs> and I walked up to her. One time without ever introducing myself, without ever small talking. And I asked her if she wanted to go on a date that I asked her if she wanted to grab a bite to eat Saturday. And she couldn't, but she said maybe the following week or whatever. And then we talked. So that did wind up working out. But at the end of the third date, dude, I was so afraid to pull the trigger that she was like, you know, you can kiss me. Because <laughs> we would just be talking at the end of dates. Yeah, That's the other thing I think I've noticed about girls. The ones who are not willing to kiss you probably are going to end the talking at the end of the date earlier than you think. Does right. that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. if they, if they're like, if you're talking for like 45 minutes at the end of a date, waiting to make the right time for a kiss, it's a, it's a good sign. You probably should just go for it. Right. Because historically speaking, in my that head, makes sense. yeah, it seems like every time. It seems like every time that there's no chemistry or maybe it's a bad idea, it's been like a quick goodbye and you're not out right, there talking. Right. She's not like waiting for something to happen, you know. Right. If she's talking for a long time, she's probably waiting for, for it to happen or at least you guys have some kind of good, Yeah, you like, could imagine it's a good, it's probably not the worst idea. Yeah, it's it's an awkward thing. Is there, is this the number one thing that makes you awkward, you think, or makes you uncomfortable? Is this peak level uncomfortable, like girl stuff? Physical contact or like going in for a kiss? Or the whole thing. The, oh, just girls in, in general? general. <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably peak level uncomfortableness for me. Yeah, that's like where my uncomfortableness shines. <laughs> what is Definitely. the hardest part of it for you? Mm. The, the contact thing is like the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, But honestly, also just like that first time of going or like just the beginning small talk or like Breaking getting to the know ice. them. Yeah. Like having to ask them questions or like just yeah, keeping a conversation going. It's just sometimes I'm just so awkward, especially if they're not like talking a lot or like it's, I don't know. Sometimes it feels just weird, but yeah, yeah probably that just getting to know them in general at first, the very beginning, like the very, very beginning stages of getting to know a girl. You know what I just uh, thought would be a funny part of the episode to at the beginning? We could always, we all could always do like a vibe check and just list. All right, so if you guys want to get on our vibe, we <laughs> smoked a few bowls, we <laughs> drank a little whiskey, we have this seltzer. That's a good we, idea. I like that. <laughs> we should always just vibe check uh, a squirt of a, a, a mushroom microdose. <laughs> yeah. A monster energy. All right, cool. You're caught up. <laughs> that that would uh, that would be funny. No. Um, it actually feels. I feel good this episode. Me too. We, uh, yeah, we actually recorded. I don't know what the order we'll release it in, but we recorded a music one before this. 
Yeah, relationships, you know, something I think I do when I'm talking to girls that is not a good idea is I like to ask them their favorite like music and movies. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that it it almost doesn't, that's not, it's not that that's a terrible question. And girls definitely will tell you, oh, I, I like these movies or music or whatever, but it seems weird. It doesn't seem romantic in their eyes in any way. And they right. don't see, it doesn't mm-hmm. typically seem to pique their interest. Even when you do have similarity, sometimes I'll tell a girl that we're into the same kind of music or we're into the same kind of thing, which is cool, but it doesn't seem like they want to take it much deeper than that. Hmm, or if they do, I'll let them. Right, right. Maybe they'll want to share music with me. Maybe they'll want, we'll play like a game where we exchange a song. Mm-hmm. So every day we're sharing little tidbits, but they probably don't want to just list it's a rare girl that would just want to like list their favorite bands and then talk about music and movies and t- TV. They actually talk about those things. I guess I historically I've found that I usually ask people their favorite things and that does not go well. Hmm. Maybe I should ask different favorite things. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know what? Asking. I just small talk and getting to so know somebody talk is talk. so hard. Even with guys, I hate small talk or like getting to know someone. But I, there's not the pressure, the same pressure. Yeah, I almost but, always like. I would rather talk about people in our lives that we both know, but don't like. I've dated girls that I have very little in common with, but we knew each other through a circle of friends, and we literally would just talk about our circle of friends. <laughs> In the beginning, until right, right. we had we created things to talk about and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, once you get going, there's stuff to talk about always. But <laughs> just that. Yeah, I think for me, it takes a girl who's willing to talk about their surroundings and willing to be interested. So, like people watching, mm-hmm. um, if you are at event, if people are performing, if there's an open mic or if there's whatever, hopefully they would like to. Uh, you know, as this podcast is about, hopefully they would like to go in deep. On a, on a few things or take yeah. something very far because mm-hmm. I'm not just bouncing around. And I also can't handle the periods of time where nothing is like happening when I'm first dating somebody or first talking to somebody. Does that make sense? Like I actually asked, I see this is the other thing I'll ask girls like this. I'm like, how often when you're out on a date, do you just like not talk to somebody? Because I'm I'm a pretty good conversation. I'm pretty good at talking. But I can only imagine that certain girls, like if I can't have a conversation with you, or like the average guy is not just a killer conversationalist, right. what happens? What, do you just have to take lead? Is it better if you take lead? <laughs> Does that obviously come down to the opposites or the, you know, like some sort of like good chemistry, obviously, right. but... How do most people hold a fucking conversation for the entirety of dinner? Yeah. If they don't oh go in God. deep the way we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't like that. What do they do? I have no idea. Do they just talk about themselves? Like, I'm, I don't like talking about things in the beginning that I'm not asked about. Right. So a girl has to ask very good. She has to be a question asker to get very far with me, uh, which is not the way I am in all circles, in all walks. Mm -hmm. But I don't just want to tell them the things I've done or talk about my work, talk about anything unless they ask me at first. Right. Then maybe eventually there's like running commentary on those things. I don't honestly like to talk about myself either in the beginning unless it's, yeah, like asked about it's, yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely like to talk about other things mm-hmm. than my day or that's a common one I noticed. Um I think some girls, some relationships must be very conditioned to the whole, how was your day? And right. you each describe your day. You each hardly listen to the other. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole lot of back and forth. You both want to do it. It's like definitely a release and it's a good fit that you're like that. But I've, I've dated the, how was your day girls mm-hmm. where that would be like their first thing they would say to you every day. And mm-hmm. then you you wouldn't go too far about anything, but it would be like you exchange your work thing. Right. And that was like what they were conditioned to talk about. That's probably people getting routines. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what, how people do it. <laughs> I I definitely could. It's the it's the most confusing fucking thing to me. Oh, jeez. It's yeah. definitely up there as far as things that make me feel autistic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if there's anything that makes me feel more like... It was... Do you think part of it is because neither one of us drank in high school? Hmm. You know, a lot of guys who were good with girls probably had drank. And maybe they had drank around girls where it's easy to say things. Right. And you, I It would be easier for me to flirt with a girl. Like, ideally, uh, Molly. Yeah, definitely. That would be Give me Molly. I'm not going to have a problem. Oh, which reminds me, I have to talk about this. So I have done this. Did you notice the, the funny exchange slash flirting? That was a continual from the last, uh, show we did while there was this one girl in the audience. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So do you remember the time we were, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Full disclosure. Fuck it. Uh, sorry, Matt's parents, if you're listening, but hopefully you're not now. <laughs> We did a little Molly and we were on stage and there was uh, this girl, these two girls, and they were, remember, looking at us and then I was making the eye contact with the one and she mm-hmm. was like, do you remember what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were there last uh, mm-hmm. week. Did you notice when we first came up, they were looking at our direction and when I made eye contact with the one, I did like a, like that, like a, a continual, I made like a face and then she smiled and like laughed and the people at the table laughed. Like she remembered no, the previous I didn't time. See that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So like, that's something like, for instance, I get a slight weird courage. Like I made eye contact. Mm-hmm. I noticed how a girl was like staring and kind of laughing at us. So I looked at her direction one time while I was singing and her eyes locked. So I just kept staring like at her for like, mm-hmm. 30 seconds dude and she was like staring back and making that Mm -hmm. happen the first time and i i jokingly drew reference to it the second time and and was flirty with her the night i mean i didn't really talk to her the whole night but Mm -hmm. um there was definitely an obvious slice of this is not the way i would normally be and it was thanks to that and it did not go badly she Mm -hmm. at the very least like who knows what would happen if you put her on the spot and was like hey can i get your number she'd probably say no or she she could I mean, she was there was a guy with a guy last time. Yeah. Um, but regardless, that's not something I would be able to do sober very often. Yeah. So learning from that experience, I tell myself that's something I should do, like jokingly. Or I mean, not not you know, not jokingly. When you make eye contact with somebody, oh, I meant like you kind of like joke around or you make like a little light flirt. Mm-hmm. I didn't just make eye contact and just stare at her. There was an element of obviously like lighthearted, silly flirting going on mm-hmm. too with the way it went down. But I should look for that more often. The eye contact thing. If you glance over and you notice someone's kind of like looking at you and they look away, or if you can like catch the eye contact, maybe give them the quickest wink and look away. Mm-hmm. Another time I did that to 
a girl up there when I was fucked up, probably on Molly, <laughs> is I like made eye contact behind the pool table. I think she was even with a guy shooting pool and looked up at me and I, and like she looked and I, I thought she kind of smiled, but maybe not. And I just gave her a wink and smiled. And then she just immediately like, like smiled and put her head down and got like beat, you yeah, know, yeah, and like yeah. a nerve. but, but it didn't make her, she like kind of smiled every time she saw me after that. It didn't make her feel that bad. Right. Right. Um, probably made her feel good, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're probably Yeah, for sure. It definitely did. Um, even if it wasn't like a mutual thing, and I was only, I don't even know why I did it. I mean, I was just, I didn't expect anything other than she was with a, with a guy. But regardless, that was something that happened that reminded mm-hmm. me of that. And again, it's the damn Molly that brings that out of me. But yeah. <laughs> it's weird, man. I, I, think, I think getting that out there, it would be a funny, at least uh, if we stay single for a period of time, it would be funny to explore the idea of of updating on this or making it a goal to try to flirt with somebody at some point or something i'm i'm gonna at least try to manifest this into something yeah 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 that'd be interesting yeah discussing it definitely unlocked some awareness in me right you you see some just saying it out loud makes you realize some of the things that you should be doing yeah yeah i don't know why it makes us so uncomfortable and I, I, I think people bluff. Maybe you think people lie about being like not uncomfortable. Something I realized when I started fighting is that I'm shocked at how many people are actually scared of fighting who fight, but they do it anyway. Right. The more you fight, the less scared you are. So we never learned how to make passes or make comments or hit on girls. Some guys have might have already got through that early stage. It probably still makes them a little bit nervous, but they're used to doing it. Right. They have some more experience to draw from. They know it works sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess and just, yeah, just have some more confidence and experience in doing it. Or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What are they... Uh... What's that stupid quote that everybody says? You miss 100% of the shots. <laughs> you don't take yeah. or whatever or maybe they just care less about being rejected or like yeah there's definitely an element of care there <laughs> dog. he's saying he's giving us the wrap it up sign he's yawning which we probably should wrap it up but uh was oh, that a Wayne Gretzky is that the Wayne Gretzky quote that yeah the Michael, the Michael Scott, Scott? <laughs> yeah that's that's where I was thinking that in my head I'm like I think that's the Michael Scott quote yeah the Michael Scott is the funniest <laughs> You like The Office, right? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> is there anything that's more genuinely funny than watching The I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> I could always watch The Office. Oh, my. I'm so mad it's not on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have that other thing? Peacock, no. Do you know they are there as extended cuts? Yeah, I've heard that, actually, yeah. I need, watch, yeah, I need to watch. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, because I've watched the normal cuts enough times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to see some stuff I haven't seen. I wonder how long the episodes are. Yeah, you I know, is it yeah. like two more minutes, couple scenes, or is it like some of them are you know an extra eight minutes? Right. Yeah, I have I no idea. Honestly. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I think I'm good. I'm good. Relationships. There it is. <laughs>